We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did this shit my whole life. Did this shit my whole life. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Veterans Minimum, and today I'm joined by, I wouldn't even say a special guest, I'd say one of my really, really close buddies, shout out to Buffalo State, they get a lot of loving on this podcast, as you guys know, but my guy, Nick Mancuso, also known as Leonidas, also known as the guy that got me from looking extra fat to kind of slim now, wouldn't you say? You're still fat. Thanks, man. You see, guys, you do need people like that in your lives to push you, right? And you need the honesty. And that's where my guy Nick comes in. Nick, what's going on, brother? Yo, what's going on, brother? You you left out uh, Nikki Treats. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nikki Treats is your Thank nickname, you, which man. we do. Let, let's get to that right now, man. Before we get into why people should be listening to you and whatnot, where, where does this name come from? I know the story. It's epic. But tell the people that are listening. It's going to take away my credibility of, of being a uh, in-shape person. I swear to God I'm in shape, but uh, I, I, I like my sweets. Yeah, so please tell them the origins of uh, Nikki Treats, please, because it's a classic. All right, so back in high school, we just kind of started partying, and uh, my buddies, we went over to his house. We just won like a uh, sectional baseball game. So we all started drinking, and uh, my buddy's mom's like, hey, you know, I made these cupcakes for this party. Like, nobody have these cupcakes. I, I need all of them. I counted out the people. So we're kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So we party, start boozing. I wake up the next morning, and uh, I have 11 cupcake wrappers around my head. So all my boys start trashing me, and you know, my buddy's mom was, was not too happy. And then uh, 
flash forward a couple years and uh, all those same kids, we all transferred into to Fredonia together, which is a sore subject. We'll, we'll get there later for you. But um, we, we go out and my buddy's uh, dad owns a bunch of vending machines down the East Coast. So he used to send us like all these these boxes of cookies and chips. And so we get all drunk. And uh, I disappear and the boys come home from the bar and I'm passed out and I have like 15 bags of Doritos open, like all these little cupcakes (laughs) scattered around my head. And my buddy just started screaming, Nikki Treats. And now everyone knows me as uh, Nikki Treats. Yo, you're not kidding because uh, you guys that listen to the show, I've mentioned many times how I was up in Rochester about – six seven weeks ago for a ufc event both uh nick and i are big ufc fans and you know he lives in rochester now and i went up to visit him and i haven't seen him in a couple of years from when he came to visit new york and all of the people that you work with at, at the gym are like hey treats hey treats i'm like yo this yeah. is like a real thing right well i mean it, it really got big like my family calls me treats and then once i changed the instagram name to nikki treats with a z everyone started calling me treats and then you know at work I, I joined the basketball league and then it's just treats and every time i i make my three everyone treats screaming mm. it's, it's fun yeah it's, uh you know i fuck it let's just mention it this kid absolutely torched me in basketball <laughs> i don't know where i didn't know that i was going up I was going up against Larry Bird, ladies and gentlemen. This kid hit like 75% of his shots. We played horse. Embarrassment. He pulled up like Damian Lillard from the logo <laughs> on me like four times. I'm like, yo, I don't remember you being this good in basketball. What the hell? I'm just an athlete. Yeah, just you an athlete. You want to talk about tennis or not? <laughs> just an athlete. Yo, so tell me tell me what, um, you know, so I remember you were saying when you were in high school, you were like a bigger kid, right? I remember you saying how, you know, you played like offensive line, was it? So when I was younger, um, I'd say like in grade school and stuff growing up, I was always really heavy and, um, you know, like the, everyone's always like, Oh, I got fucking bullied. I got this, that, like, I remember people like being on the school bus and people like calling me fat titty boy. Like I was just so out of shape. Right. But I was eating, like I get doubles every day for lunch. I just, I wasn't taking care of myself. So I used to play offensive line. I would play nose tackle center. Um, you know, I knew I was athletic, but I was just too big. So then, you know, I started growing up and I started playing uh, soccer and uh, which I don't even know if you know that. So, I I played, yeah. So I played for nine years and I slimmed out, but I still, you know, it's kind of like that skinny fat. And um, I was like, damn, I got, I got to lose some weight. So the summer of seventh grade, you know, my dad isn't, you know, my dad, he's in great fucking shape. Mm-hmm. Um He's like, you know what? We're going to go to the gym every day. And he's like, let's let's cut back on our diet. So I started reading um, just about like dieting and stuff. And my dad, he started buying me Muscle and Fitness and Flex Magazine. And that's kind of where I, I took off with fitness. Um, that summer, I lost 40 pounds. And I remember going back into school and I was saying like, what up to all my boys? And they're like, yo, who is that? Like I literally, I looked like a whole new human. So that's kind of where fitness started for me. So you would say that it was something that to like better yourself and more get like more confident too, because I know for me, man, I had ballooned up to like close to 250 pounds. And when you met me, 
So I yeah. met Nick when we went up to, and it's weird calling you Nick because I've called you Leonidas my whole night, yeah. my whole life, <laughs> which is funny because everyone that listens to the show knows as a big wrestling fan, if I was to be a wrestler, that would be my name. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, bro. Leonidas, I'm Greek. Damn. I'm Mad Harry. Oh, yeah, you are. Right? You know, uh, it seems like the new trend with wrestling is you need to have like one name only, like a Brazilian soccer player. Yep. So, so yeah, Leonidas would be my, my name, but going back to, to, to you, Nick, man, I, uh, would you say it was like a confidence booster too? Cause when I got heavy, man, I was like super insecure. I felt like I wasn't confident. I wasn't myself. So was that one of the reasons why you also wanted to, to get into fitness and like to better yourself? Yeah. I'd say there's like two reasons, honestly, one, um, confidence, all that stuff. Like, you know, you're chilling with your buddies, like all my friends growing up were wrestlers and and soccer players so like everyone was athletic and they're all in good shape you know around like that eighth ninth grade mark everyone's kind of hanging out with the girls and whatnot and i just i was a fucking dweeb like people were still (laughs) picking on me so you know confidence all that but um honestly and and you kind of know this um i'm like my inspiration is kind of like the rock yeah um and it's people that just you know they might not come from anything or they might know that they're better than people perceive them mm-hmm. and i'm a fucking hard worker like i've watched my my dad which we can kind of talk about his work ethic and my mom but um the amount of work that he's put into just creating a life for our family like i i wanted to find something that took that much work and fitness is kind of one of those things that it's a 24/7 grind And that's why a lot of people fail at it because it is tough and you got to make a lot of conscious decisions 24 seven, but a lot of people want quick results, but that's, that's not who I am. So that was kind of why I got into it. That was the thing that really got me into shape. So when I went up to Buffalo and I started working out with you, I remember when I first came back for that Thanksgiving break and granted I played, I played football up there my freshman year, but I was a kicker. So like, that's kind of lame, you know, I went from being loser. I went from being the quarterback, the stud muffin, to just a muffin. Um, But yeah, man, like I... You're a dope kicker, man. You you could fucking boot the ball. Yeah, I could. And I appreciate you saying that because a lot of people don't believe me. Nah, dude, I I watched you kick some meat. I remember going to the field on like Saturday mornings. We'd be all hungover and you'd be like, watch this 60-yard bomb. You're just dropping them. I was like, all right, cool, dude. I got to go get brunch. Yeah, guys, I, I didn't pay him for that, but I might as well just pay him for putting me over there. But I'll take some cash. Yeah, it was the soccer background too, man. And I think one of the reasons why I was really good at whether it was I was an athlete too. I know it doesn't look like it now, folks, but I think one of the things with me, man, and how many sports would you say you played? Because I played a bunch of sports growing up, and I was able to take bits and pieces of each sport. Well, I played soccer for nine years. Um, I played basketball for probably six, seven, uh, football, obviously all throughout growing up. Um, I played hockey. Mm. Um, obviously I, I went, we went to state qualifiers for baseball, uh, junior, senior year. I mean, I played a bunch dude. And would you say that helped you from one sport to another, like the footwork and soccer help you on the base pads or like football? Like, would you say that was, that's like an accurate description or what? Yeah. Um, honestly, like, Growing up, like, I guess I really didn't grow into my body until later on in life, kind of like when I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of, like, I was always a young kid. So my birthday is September. 
And, um, you know, I went into college. I met you at 17. So when I was a freshman That's at college, right. I was 17. So, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't turn 21 until my senior year. Um, so I was always, like, the younger kid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't super athletic growing up. Uh, but playing cross sports, I mean, you definitely learn a lot. Um, I mean, you take a, take a ton over to – like, soccer helped me tremendously. People, people kind of harp on soccer, but it's – to be able to use your legs, like, most sports are just upper. And then having that footwork and, and the rotational ability and speed, that, that, that helped me out a ton. Yeah, the reason why I asked that, man, is because, you know, you do a lot of work with kids that play baseball. Yep. Right? You've told me about, you know, that stuff where you had all these, like, top recruits for those Caribbean islands coming over and you trained a bunch of them. Yep. Uh, I'm sure we, we could get into that right now. But what I really want to ask you is nowadays with travel baseball, right? Yeah. It's become such a year a year long thing where also dude this thing is like a huge commitment and these kids can't can't and they don't have the luxury of playing other sports. Do you think that that's a good thing or a bad thing for a kid playing travel baseball in particular? So, I always tell parents cuz I deal with parents all day. Um you know, and I'll kind of I'll talk about baseball but i'm gonna transition into tennis real quick because the another biggest... butt whooping you put on me <laughs> i did whoop your ass um i work with a ton of tennis players um and these when i say tennis players like i got a kid right now uh he's ranked like eighth in the country he's 12 years old he plays at the 14 year old level um i've trained uh matt gamble he was a blue chip coming out full ride to notre dame jordan benjamin just won a 10 player of the year two years in a row at dayton i mean i got good tennis athletes um these kids like <laughs> you could play tennis anywhere on this planet indoors so it's a year-round thing right and tennis is kind of that sport that took that ten thousand hour rule mm. look outliers to the next level yep. and tennis parents always talk about like it's fucking wild i could tell you if someone starts talking to me about outliers 10,000 hour rule your kid plays fucking tennis it they're so caught up in it but what they don't realize is it's actually really good to cross train and and learn other skill patterns because if all you know is tennis and i put you onto a football field you're gonna look like an absolute dork yeah but if i take a kid that played six sports and I put them on a tennis court, I guarantee after 20 minutes, they're going to start moving really well. Oh yeah. A lot of, a lot of tennis is a lot of the lateral movement and you know, the, the quick burst. And yep. yeah, I agree with you on that. I also think like of all the sports, wouldn't you say football though is the easiest to get good at as someone, you know, you always hear these stories about like Antonio Gates didn't play high school football. And then you hear like Jimmy Grant was uh, an all-american in basketball at like miami and shit and then they you, you know uh, granted we're talking about two freak athletes that are like top 10 tight ends of all freak, time but man. i feel like with football man it's a sport that look every sport is difficult don't get me wrong folks and i'm not saying like oh yeah i could just pick up a football and be a professional athlete no what i'm saying though is like you know i only played football for two years and then I got recruited to play college football and it was from another sport that really gave me that opportunity where it was because of kicking that I got to go up to school. You know, there was no Russell Wilson's around at that time and Baker Mayfield's where a kid that was five ten, soaking wet would be able to get a scholarship or go play quarterback in college. So I would actually disagree with you here. And, and here's why let's, let's take 
the closest related sport to football. What is it? Uh, are we considering rugby? That's what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So you get rugby. Shout out you to my Aussie these- listeners. <laughs> uh, so you see these people all the time that try to come from professional rugby. Right. And they try to play football. And you think it'd be an easy transition. It's not. Um, right. So I can see certain um, certain positions like the kicking and all that stuff. But now after working with NFL players, it really opened my eyes at how much bigger, faster, and stronger these guys are. Like you can't play baseball. I mean, unless you're fucking Kyler Murray or these dudes that are playing two sports. And they're always they're always quarterbacks. You can't play a sport like soccer or baseball and then transition onto a football field. Everyone is so big, so fast, and so strong. It is ridiculous. 99% of the people you see transfer from a sport into football have played basketball, and they've been big men, and they always go to the tight end position. Yeah, that also makes sense, though, because of how the you know there's weight training with football, where soccer, all, all the kids that I grew up playing soccer with, they're all lean and skinny. You know, like they're ripped. They're not putting on muscle. They didn't need to. That's not what soccer demands you to do. Whereas like with football, yeah, you're right. And now that you mentioned it, I never really made that comparison where it is a lot of quarterbacks that are two sport athletes with baseball and and football. But then also it's all big men. It's only big men because you I'm telling you, like, so when you're a soccer player, right, you're a freak athlete. You you have rotational. You got lateral speed. I mean, you got so many different powers and strengths within mm-hmm. being an athlete. But to be put into a football field and having these giant 350-pound guys that can keep up with your speed, it just takes the game to a, an entirely different level. Yeah, and you ain't kidding, man. You see some of these guys nowadays, they're running four six forties, and they're they're 330. Dude, I've I mean I've seen I've had the the just absolute pleasure of watching some of these professional athletes in person and seeing some of the things that they can do athletically is terrifying. What are some of the athletes that you've trained, man? I know you've told me a lot, but why should the people be, you know, not listening to this podcast as it being informative and not just two buddies chopping it up from college? I mean, so I can kind of give you like a little bit of a background quick. Um, so after um, I left Buff State, I, w- I went to Fredonia. Uh, I got my exercise science degree, my undergrad. Um, and, you know, I graduated and I kind of got stuck in this, you know, what am I going to do next phase? And at the time I was bodybuilding. I could like, you know, personal train people all day, whatever. But it's so different um, training athletes. And mm-hmm. A buddy of mine, his name's Chris Messino, one of my great friends, um, he had just graduated from Fredonia. And, you know, I was texting him and he's like, look, I'm, I'm going to uh, grad school in Salisbury, Maryland. And uh, he's going to be taking sports performance classes. So I'm, I kind of looked into it and I'm like, ah, probably not for me. So he kept pushing me. And he's like, yo, I'm telling you, just apply. Now, at this point, like people have been applying for months. Mm-hmm. So I applied, and within two weeks, I was accepted. So I talked to the dean, a student, all this stuff, and I, I picked out a house with him. So a couple weeks later, I went from not knowing what the fuck I was going to do with my life to going to grad school in Salisbury, Maryland. 
Uh, and Chris and I lived together and he is now the AAA, the Pawtucket uh, Red Sox strength coach. Um, and I'm doing my thing out here running a, a world-class uh, sports performance program. And it kind of led me to some crazy, crazy adventures. Um, Salisbury, Maryland itself, the, the college of Salisbury, they have like, I think 12 in a row, 11 or 12 in a row um, lacrosse national championships. Every sport they have there is phenomenal. Um, from there, I, I went on to uh, work with professional athletes down in Tampa, Florida at Cooper Speed and Strength. Um, you know, so I went from a guy that taught me in Maryland, uh, Matthew Nine. He runs the program there. He just won National Strength and Conditioning Coach of the Year. And then I went to a guy who was taught at the Olympic facility in Colorado who was mentoring me you know, training professional athletes of all different, different sports. And I've just kind of been blessed to have really, really good mentors. Um, and then when I came here, um, we flew in Nick Winkleman, who at the time was running Exos Performance, um, which is the biggest NFL speed training uh, combine prep in the world. And now he is the Irish rugby um, director of sports performance for the entire federation. What kind of athletes, or would there be any athletes that you can mention off the top that some of the listeners might be accustomed to hearing? Yeah, so um, I think the I'll, I'll kind of go for like my favorite athletes first. Um, so I worked with, the, we kind of touched upon it before, the top Dominican baseball players. Um, so they flew over from the Dominican and we were getting them ready for all their, their showcases and you know, baseball, we kind of touched upon is becoming this huge thing now where they're just grinding out these showcases. Um, but I, I met a lot of great players there. Um, there's this one kid, his name is Alberto Celestino. And it's kind of like um, one of those athletes that you work with and you're just like blown away at their mm -hmm. athletic ability. So he was like 15 at the time, 16. Um, and like two years after I left, he signed – uh, for 2.5 million by the Houston Astros. Um, and you know, he's just going to be a superstar one day. Um, so for baseball, he was probably my best. Um, I used to work with a lot of NFL guys out there in the year that I was training out there. Um, you probably know Terrell McClain. Mm -hmm. Um, he strip sacked Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. So that was really cool watching that. Um, we had a lot of bucks players, um, long snappers for like Cleveland. Um, we had the, the center for uh, Tom Brady. We had, um, my God, I can go on and on. Um, but yeah, I've worked with uh, guys like Declan Farmer. He won um, an SB for um, when he scored gold medal um, for the Paralympics uh, mm -hmm. hockey. Um, really, really nice kid. He won an SB for the best disabled player, uh, male athlete. Um, and then, every, I mean, I can go on and on, man. Yo, the, this kid Declan, right? What, yeah. uh, how incredible is that story, man? And do you get, I'm sure you get, knowing you, I know you get like an extra kick in inspiration and motivation from a dude like that. But some of these athletes that are, you know, disabled like he was or had something unfortunate happen to him, what, what can you say about those kind of kids? So Declan's work ethic is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, Isn't it crazy, man, how <laughs> they don't let that shit stop them? 
Yeah, it actually, it's not only that it doesn't stop him. It just drives him more than anything I've ever seen. Um, He was just an awesome person to be around. And to this day, you know, we still keep in touch. Um, And I'll remind me to tell you a cool story in in a minute. But, um, I mean, this kid's work ethic, like, you would think growing up like that, it's most people would be in the boo-hoo, poor me stage, why me? I don't know if he ever even went through that. Um, I mean, he's been voted like team captain every year by these guys in the Paralympics that are way older than him. He scored the gold, uh, gold-winning gold medal goal um, at a young age, and these guys just drive everyone in the gym. You'd see NFL players working out, and they're looking at him like, yo, this dude's got no legs, and he's fucking bench-pressing more than me right now. Yeah, tell us that quick story, man. Yeah, so um, – I just want to touch base basically real quick on how good of a dude Declan is. So about, Oh my God, probably like four years ago. Now I'm going to visit my girlfriend, Julie in Boston. And at this point I had already trained Declan and we, you know, I had moved. So I moved back to Rochester. Right. And um, so I'm on a plane and I'm going to visit Julie and I look over and there's a guy sitting next to me and he's wearing a Paralympics, um, USA hockey hat. So I'm like, man, this is like, that's not a, a common hat to have. Yeah. So um, I don't want to bug him. You know, I hate bugging people on planes. Like I'm not that guy. So we go to the carousel waiting for my luggage and the guy comes and stands next to me. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I said, Hey man, um, you know, my name is Nick Mancuso. Um, where'd you get that hat? And he's like, Oh, I'm actually um, one of the coaches for the Paralympic team. Oh, shit. And I said, no shit. Um, <laughs> and he's like, why? What's up? And I'm like, well, I used to train uh, Declan Farmer. And he's like, come on. So we kind of got to talking, whatever. And, um, you know, we just said goodbye. And I get a phone call, you know, later in the evening. And um, he touched base with Declan. And um, Declan had told him, you know, his great relationship with me. And he actually asked me to come speak to the team. and. Um, you know, I we had so many plans. We we're going to the, the Red Sox game and stuff. Um, I wasn't able to to link up with them. They were only there for like a couple hours. They were flying out to like a different country. Mm-hmm. But um, it just shows you like these kids stay in touch and they appreciate what you can do for them as well. Man, I gotta say, you're like a you're like a coach to these. I mean, you are a coach to these kids when you train. Yep. I think there's a relationship that a trainer develops with a kid or anyone that you work with. Hell, I saw. And I'm sure everyone that goes to a gym, you see, and if you've hired a personal trainer, which I do recommend because they do teach you certain things that you can't teach yourself, um, whether it's technique, eating habits, et cetera, et cetera. You do develop a friendship with these people that is completely different. And the only thing that I think is sort of parallel when you're looking at relationships is a high school football coach with a player. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, I mean, now look at like, the the college strength coaches um people are making 500 600 700,000 dollars a year at a college weight room mm-hmm. um these these coaches especially because a few years ago these these really strict um you know sanctions were made you can't spend x amount of hours and you know all about this with right. with a college coach but you can spend more time with the weight coach so you you as a strength and conditioning coach at a college get to spend so much more time as goofy as that sounds with these kids. And they come to you with 
personal issues. Um, I mean, I can remember just being in, in Salisbury dealing with, you know, people's parents having, you know, heart attacks during the season and they, they got to miss workouts, but you know, they're trying to study for an exam. So they're asking you questions on, on studying. And I mean, you're dealing with everything. So you're, you really are a life coach for these kids. And it's, it's wild to think that you have that much influence, you know, on these kids who are these phenomenal athletes are could go pro, but they're they're relying on you to to make them better in many aspects of life. Well, yeah, I think that would be if you were to power rank the relationships you would want to have good relationships with. I feel as if a strength and conditioning, a nutritionist when you're in college, even or if you want to aspire to be a professional athlete or you are one. That's the guy that takes care of your main investment, which is your body. So I would definitely want to have a good relationship with them, you know? Absolutely. So I've always, uh, I've mentioned in the past how, you know, um, with the strength and the conditioning, one thing with you is, you know, nowadays you see like all these Instagram influencers and all these people that, you know, they, they do a couple squats, they develop a nice backside or they have a couple of nice abs and all of a sudden they're selling their programs and whatnot. And it's like you in particular and, and one of the guys that I work out with my, my buddy, Chris, shout out Chris over at Iron Lion. You guys actually went to school with this, you know, like you wanted to become a dietitian and, and a nutritionist. Does that bother you, man, that nowadays it's like, yeah, you know what? I I I look nice in 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 a bathing suit or like in my trunks or whatever, and then you see all these like fake nutritionists on like social media because that's become a powerful, powerful um, marketing tool. Bro, it fucking kills me. <laughs> like it literally <laughs> keeps me up at night. Um, the one of the worst things I can do is like do the scroll at night through social media, and yeah. then I catch one of these fucking buffoons on Instagram telling someone some dumb shit that's wrong, going to hurt them or just so false. And uh, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars and people are buying this shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's because like I said, it's all social media has really taken over every, every profession, everything is influenced by social media. You know, I know you know him, but guys, if you listen to that podcast and chill, I did with my buddy, Jesse, who's the defensive backs coach over at central Connecticut. He even said in college recruiting that social media has taken control of shit. <laughs> yep. So yeah. Yeah. With, with, with social media, it's crazy. man. Uh, shout out to the dog in the background, making an appearance. My, my uh, cuddle partner, when I slept over at Rochester, I'm Julie might be coming home. I'm not sure yet. (laughs) All right. uh, Real one more thing. Um, There's a lot more talking points, but for the time being, um, tell me what would you say is the most athletic athlete? Like what sport do you think produces the best athletes? And I know they vary sport to sport, but overall, what would you say if a guy came up to you or a girl and said, oh, I'm a soccer player, I'm a basketball player right away? Who are you stereotyping as a better athlete? Um, professional basketball players are absolute freaks. And I, I think, um, people don't understand that unless you've been to an NBA game and had decent seats. Um, aside from that, I'm fascinated with a couple things. Um, NHL players for their conditioning, mm. they're on an entirely new level. Um, a 45 second hockey shift 
if you've never played hockey, you just don't fucking get it. Um, as well as mixed martial artists. Um, I used to train this guy, Hobson Mora. Um, he is a literally a legend. Um, shout out to him. We were just together actually like a month ago. I came up to uh, my gym, Synthesis, uh, in Rochester, New York. Shout out Casey Lamb. Um, and he, he did a seminar. Um, he is one of the most badass dudes on this planet. Mm. And their conditioning is outrageous. I remember one time in Florida, I had a group of all D1 and professional athletes. And one of the things we used to do, if you uh, pulled a finisher out of a hat, basically, it's like spin a wheel, pull it out of a hat. It, you'd have to do that finisher for the day. So one of them was as many burpees as you can do within two minutes, which if you've done a burpee, you know they suck. Oh, no, they're they're a great time. I hope you guys can sense the sarcasm. <laughs> so um, so Hobson's in this group, and I'm watching him, and he's, like, tripling everybody. Like, he'll do three burpees in the time someone's doing one. So he's from Brazil, so he speaks, you know, broken English. And I like a minute and a half in, I'm like, yo, Hobson, like, what number are you on? He's like, I don't know. I think 100. And I'm like, I turn over, and there's, like, a, a literally – a D1 starting linebacker for um, Florida, Florida State. And I'm like, yo, what number are you on? He's like 40. And right there I knew, like, these dudes, their conditioning is out of control. Um, but NFL takes the cake for the most impressive athletic feats I've seen, just with, you know, 320-pound linemen running sub-fives and – Watching Ray Lewis on sports science, basically causing car accidents. And you got dudes that can run down the sideline. And like last year, Von Miller, or a couple of years ago, Von Miller, when the Broncos were in the Super Bowl, he got clocked. Now, mind you, this guy is 265, yep. wearing pads. He got timed from stance position at linebacker to making a tackle. It was 10 yards. He ran it in 0.9 seconds. <laughs> I mean, that's just like, that's not okay. Yeah. And then, and then people have the nerve to get at Cam Newton for. Oh God. Yeah. No, I that's hear you, man. For sure. These guys are, these guys are out of control. That's why, you know, a guy like Von Miller is also one of the highest paid players in the league, yep. despite not playing quarterback. Um, and I, I do want to throw in there. My favorite sport to train is a um, hundred meter or 400-meter sprinters. I, I love track. I love sprinting. Um, sprint mechanics are – that's my thing, speed. So can you teach speed? Because I've had people in the past tell me that there's two things you can't teach, and that's speed and, and size. And by size, I mean like, you know, I would love to dunk a basketball, but I'm 5'10". I, you can't teach me to be 6'4". No, but I can teach you how to – absorb force and create force very rapidly and increase your vertical and probably get you close to dunking. I mean, these people that tell you they can't train speed are people that have never been taught how to train speed or so, they're just not good at what they do. Say That's for example, say for example, um, it might be putting you on the spot here, but I'm fascinated by this kind of topic. So say you have a kid, he's 18 years old and he runs a four, seven, eight, 40. Okay. What improvements can you make to his 40 time? Oh my God. Man, like realistically, I, you know, let me, let me put it to you like this. 
Keon Wilson, one of – I still stay in touch with Keon, one of the coolest fucking dudes I've ever worked with. He was my first NFL player I ever trained, and ironically, he's on the Steelers. So um, We do need to was, mention that you're, you're, you're a big, big hey, fan of the black and yellow. Shout out 412, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah, so Keon, um, he was a linebacker at the time with the Steelers. And when you talk about being nervous, first off, I was a young kid that was good at what I did. But until you work with those guys, like it's kind of like a confidence thing, right? Of course. Yeah. So I had never trained an NFL player. And then let alone, this is like my idol. So I remember my, my boss calling me in and he's like, all right, Nick. He's like, I'm going to I'm gonna get you in with the NFL guys, but you can't freak out. And I'm like, who's coming in? He's like, Keon Wilson, keep keep it together, keep it together. So um, Keon came in, and this is an NFL linebacker. Now, if you don't think this dude has been busting his fucking ass and having the best strength coaches on the planet for years, literally years, then you're out of your mind. He comes into the yeah. facility, and he says, look, if I don't get my 40 time, down by a tenth of a second, which is a lot for an NFL player. So a tenth of a second give us so from like four six eight to four five eight. Yes, like a tenth of a second. That's a lot, right? Yeah. It might not seem like a lot to the average person, but that is that is a lot. I mean, just I, I hate to cut you off, but just an example. You see a dude run a four four three at the forty at the combine, and then someone runs a, a four three eight and, and you're like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, and you're like, dude, it's point zero six of a second. Yeah, it's a lot. So he comes in, he's like, yo, if I don't do this, I'm gonna get cut. Now, this is this dude works all day, every day at this, and we got him down and he made the team. So how so, does so wow, that's crazy, so, man. So like, don't I hate this is what I'm talking about with Instagram people. You can train speed, you can make better athletes. You can do anything physically if you have a couple of things, the knowledge, the time and dedication, and someone who wants to work. Like you can give me like Jesse Goldberger, right? He mm -hmm. told me, oh, I can't jump. Well, have you lost weight? Have you done any type of plyometric training? Have you even tried jumping? Kid loses 75 pounds, his feet work, and now he can jump. Yeah. Like it, it's simple. Yeah, it, it got you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned how you had sort of like a, a shock to the system when you're actually training a guy who's a professional athlete. One of your first experiences, because, you know, it's it's sort of in a way as crazy as it might sound similar to podcasting, man, where in the beginning when we first started doing podcasts and reaching out to guests, it's like, oh, man, this first guest that we have is a reporter from the Daily News. And then we ended up we've interviewed Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah, so it's crazy. like. It's eventually like these guests and, you know, what I like to call it is sweat equity. And that's what I know for a fact you've put in and people that, yeah. you know, it's a 10,000 hour rule. It's also like, why should this linebacker who's a professional athlete who plays in the league, who's a, you know, the cream of the, he's a one percenter, right? And he has access to all the coaches in the world. Why should he listen to you? And that's a big feat, man. Yeah. That's so real quick, while you're talking about Cal Ripken, one of my very close friends, uh, Jay Shiner, he was actually the mentor um, for Matthew Nine, who I talked about at Salisbury, who won National Strength 
strength and conditioning coach of the year. Um, he's actually one of my close, close friends. He lives right next to me in Rochester, New York. He was the Baltimore Orioles strength coach for 10 years. And um, he was really close with Cal Ripken. And he's told me some awesome stories. But um, I was actually visiting him recently. And this is like one of those things where you just want anyone that loves sports to hear this because it's absolutely ridiculous. So he showed me this photo and he's like, what do you see in this? So it's him shaking hands with um, – Luce, come here. He's shaking hands with um, – I forget who it was, but it was standing next to him was Joe Biden and Obama. Mm-hmm. So he's in the locker room, and behind him in one of the lockers is a live grenade. So that's safe. Well, so, th- so he, I'm like, yo, what is that? He's like, all right, look. So – when the president was a big Orioles fan, right? So uh-huh. they would come to a lot of ball games. But when they did, they the team would get these notes and they're like, yo, the FBI is coming. Um, no cell phones, absolutely no cell phones. And they're gonna like sweep the the locker room, they're gonna sweep the stadium, and everyone would kind of have to clear out and all this. So one of the players on the Orioles, their brother had just come back from like a tour in Afghanistan. And one of the things he gave him was this grenade. Like, oh, man. Mental, like, yo, this is, you know, like, I did my time. We're back, baby. So this dude puts it in the locker, right? So <laughs> here you got my buddy shaking hands with, like, the president. And right behind him is a grenade. Like, how does that even slip, right? Oh, my goodness. Like, that's a one in a million photo. Oh man, that's an iconic photo, dude. Dude, it's crazy. But he's got I mean, he's got photos with everybody. But yo, um, what would you say is you know, so you know you see those memes where it's like abs are made in the kitchen, right? How much yeah. is nutrition and your diet a part of working out? So eighty to ninety percent. Really? Is it yeah. is it that's what I hear, but you know, I'll I'll take your word for it because this is your expertise. It's that yeah. drastic? Yeah. So like um the only person on this planet that I could humanly think of that can eat like shit and still look good is Chad Ochocinco. I was going to say Chad Johnson. Know what I was saying. The uh, fit- who eats McDonald's three fucking times a day, bro? Um, I don't <laughs> know what's going on there. But so regardless of like, don't even think about it as um, looking good. Mm-hmm. Think of someone. So like when I was with the NFL guys, I was at the facility at 6 a.m. Okay. Mm. And I was set up, so I was ready to go at 6. These guys would come in, 6 a.m. on the dot. They would go and we'd start with, like, neurological stuff. So we'd have the sports psychologist in there. They would be doing all their neurological testing. Then they'd go to the PT guy. They would do a lot of prehab and mobility stuff. Then they'd come over with me. We'd do whatever speed session that I had for the day. Then they'd go into their full strength program. Then we'd do conditioning. Then we'd go out, and this is in Tampa Heat. We'd do on-field drills, right? Mm-hmm. And then we'd come back in. They'd go back to the PT. Then they'd come to me. I'd do a full stretch on them. And then they'd go home, eat and rest, and then they're coming back and could be doing more stuff. That See, these like if you're not fueling your body, you're not doing that. And that's why guys like James Harrison – and Antonio Brown, these these guys, shout out to the Steelers, baby. Not no more fuck Antonio. 
Um, (laughs) These guys put, you know, 400, 500 grand a year into recovery work and personal chefs because without that, they cannot fuel their body. It is, it is everything. You, You can't drive a car without gas. Yeah. And you also want to put premium gas too. Exactly. So these guys, I mean, like you'll see it all the time. There's a guy, Anthony Ciccolo, um, happens to be a stealer, but at the time he was, uh, on the Miami hurricanes and he was really good friends with, uh, Dr. Cooper in Florida. Um, so he would come into the facility all the time and you'd see him in the off season. Um, you know, they fluctuate weight and all this. And from the year he went to the combine in eight weeks, he dropped so much body fat and he made ridiculous changes to his physique in eight weeks. And it was literally through dieting. And I mind you, he was grinding in the gym, but he went on his first real big diet and I mean, he got picked up. He he changed his whole life. How do you feel about those diets that are like those quick starts, drop 30 pounds in four week kind of things? Well, I'd like to know what diet is doing that, but um, (laughs) no, because the reason there's a lot of stuff right now with um, keto diets, um, which if, if you're not familiar with ketogenic diets is basically eliminating carbs from your diet and allowing fats and uh, fats to be your energy source and then eating a lot of protein to be your, your muscle sparing and muscle building um, agent. So um, ketones are produced um, in your body after you've reached a ketogenic state which takes truly about two weeks to, to get to. Mm-hmm. And you see it when someone's like stranded on an Island, right? Um, your body will go into a ketogenic state and it's a phenomenon where your body actually produces something called ketones. And they're like fake carbohydrates that your body can use as fuel. So the, the point is carbs can hold water. So the more carbs you eat, they have a hydrogen uh, bond with them. They, the more carbs you eat, if you're not utilizing them, they get stored into, into fat, right? They, they sit in your stomach. So this keto diet phase is eliminating, you know, um, all the extra water weight and all the carbs and just utilizing these ketones. But the problem is you cannot sustain this for a long time. So two things happen. One, your body, when you fall out of this ketogenic state, it doesn't know what to do because it hasn't had carbs, right? Mm-hmm. So people start eating a ton of carbs. Well, your body, you know, unless you're reverse dieting, reverse dieting means if you're eating 30 carbs a day, eating 45 the next week, 65 the next week, reverse dieting all the way up to what you normally were eating, mm-hmm. your body's going to store this water tremendously and it can actually affect your insulin levels and and people put on a ton of weight and that's like quickly that's why you see people they'll they'll drop all this weight and then they add on the weight back plus 10 that was the big issue with me man for the longest time i was i would be i'd drop 30 pounds in six weeks then i'd put on 40 then i'd drop 20 and i'd put on 30 then and it was like that and it wasn't sustainable like it wasn't working for me. And the one thing that I noticed, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't the best diets the ones that happen over a long period of time? 100%. Because, like, for me, I've been on this, you know, cleaning up my acts for the most part. Granted, the, the one issue with me and why I'll never have a six-pack is I just love IPAs and beers. Yep. And that's uh, the worst thing probably that you can drink. 
<laughs> so, but for me though, man, I'm looking at, you know, 2015 New Year's Day, ball drops. I'm with my buddies and I've said the story many times and I plan on having this individual on a podcast in the near future. And my buddy Petey that I used to play soccer with. And like I said with you in the intro before, it's like, you know, I wasn't offended by you guys saying, dude, you put on weight. It's like, I needed to hear that from people yep. that care about you and you guys listening to you need to have people like that in your life where my buddy Petey, we go to grab beers at, at the beer garden in, in Queens. He's like, Hey man, you know, he's one of my friends that I see like three, four times a year. And he's like, dude, I got to tell you something. I hope you don't get offended. You know, I love you. I was like, what's up? He's like, you're fat, bro. Love it. He's like, get it together, man. And that's, you know, I needed to hear that. And yep. Ever since then, I've I've been doing about 15 pounds a year is what it's averaged out to. And that's why I've been able to sustain that over a long period of time. Well, you, well the, you, the key to that is it's a lifestyle, right? So you hear that all the time. You you are literally changing habits. Yes. And that's not easy to do. Um, so one of the hard things with exercising um, in general, don't even think about like the food, right? So if you take a sedentary person, someone that's really not even active and you put them in the gym and they're working out three, four, five, six days a week Uh for the first four weeks, neurologically. So inside your body, the central nervous system, everything is happening like these chemical reactions, right? Your body is, is getting better to put it in simple terms, but you're not seeing results. Everything is happening internally. So a lot of people freak out. Yeah. They're like, oh, I just put in work six days a week for four weeks. Nothing's happened. Right. Such bullshit. Your body is a machine, right? Mm-hmm. So internally, it takes a while to fire your central nervous system properly and get your hormonal balance down. And a lot of food deals with hormonal um changes in your body and if you're not pairing the two or especially not eating well you're not going to see results and and your body's just not going to do what it should be doing i've been working out for shit it's about 10 years now that i've been in buffalo that's really when i first started working out and that was with you yeah and i like learned how to work out with you because you know your shit you know what you're talking about but it wasn't until like three four years ago where i started really eating right that i saw any kind of results yep so, so and- what's crazy is when I was in, in Buffalo, right? Like I knew how to work out, but dude, I didn't know shit. So like after going to grad school and getting a, a master's in strength and conditioning and then working with all these great mentors and, and learning what I know now, it's like, it's just fascinating that one of the things Um, And I say this to people and they look at me so strange. A bad program still yields results. Mm -hmm. Like think about it, right? If you're just a lazy fuck and you don't do anything, but every single night you do a hundred pushups, that's the worst program I've ever heard in my life. But guess what? Your chest is going to get big and you're going to get strong in a pushup. So for people like you, if you start making changes and just keep going with them, results will happen. What would you what would you say to people that work out with gloves? <laughs> well, uh, you are my, you are <laughs> fun my fact. <laughs> fun fact: I work out with gloves. Uh, I think you're a fucking dork. Um, no, unless you are uh, Kevin Hart or a hand model, 
don't wear gloves in the gym. Well, I've been told that I have very nice hands for a guy. So I'm going to I'm going to keep that going because spoiler, there's not much that's good all over on this body. So it's we take all the jergens you put on your hand to fucking beat off at night. <laughs> hey, that's a personal thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Last couple things as we wind down, man. Yeah. You told me something when we went out to brunch together and it kind yeah. of blew my mind. And it's really what inspired me wanting to get you on the podcast. And that was the thing about. You know how confusing your body with what you eat is a fantastic thing. So you had told me way back in the day and you're like, yeah, but there's so much more to it. And what it was was like, you know, you you can eat your salads and your egg whites and your oatmeal. But every now and then, man, you got to have a Big Mac, maybe not a Big Mac, but like you need to have a bacon cheeseburger or you need to have something nasty and delicious. Tell the people why you need to do that to your body. There's two reasons. One uh mentally so no one on this planet i don't care who you are um you don't want to eat a salad every night of your life yeah you're gonna go insane you're gonna go insane so um for the mental aspect you you need to have times like that um you know if you're not preparing to be mr olympia then you need to enjoy your life a little bit um the the second reason which is the important reason um we kind of touched upon it with like the ketones. Your body's a machine and it's really smart. It's going to do anything it can to be happy in the sense that whatever your body wants to be happy, right? It wants to be its own type of balance. So when you're dieting, you're, you're taking away calories and you're restricting what your body wants to be happy in order to, to lose weight. So, one of the things that happens is your, your hormones, um, they, they stop producing um, and secreting certain things. So being in an anabolic state, um, you, you, that means your, your body is producing a lot of free testosterone, um, your metabolism's up, you are building lean tissue, um, and, and, and things are going well, you're burning fat. When you're in a catabolic state, that means you're in, in, in the negative, right? So your body starts producing things such as cortisol that um, slows down your metabolism and starts actually making you uh, retain water. Um, and cortisol is like a big, um, it's, it's produced in, in mass quantities through stress, right? So that's why a lot of times if, you, if you're stressed even, you can see changes in your body and you don't right. feel well, right? Yep. So when you're dieting, you're restricting your body. And if you're on an intense you know, diet, your, your body's not happy with you. You're working out hard. You're, you're putting these lack of nutrients in cause you need a deficit to lose weight. So your hormones slow down, your body goes into a catabolic state and you, you start producing things like cortisol. And, um, there's a, there's a hormone in your body called leptin that control. It has a, a, a big play in your metabolism and everyone wants their metabolism to be through the roof. Cause that's, that's what, you know, makes us uh, healthy and losing weight and, and burning calories. So when your body goes in this catabolic state, um, one of the things you could do is eat a really unhealthy cheat meal and your body will produce a ton of leptin. And people don't believe me when I say this, but here, here's my, uh, here's my challenge to you. Go on an intense diet for two weeks straight. And I'm talking like intense, right? Mm. And then have a Big Mac with a piece of cheesecake 
and donuts and whatever you want. Oh my god! Then, I just yeah, came back from the gym right? and I had I had chicken <laughs> with brown rice, and you're telling me yeah. Big Macs and cheesecake, right? So, so do that for two weeks, and then have that meal, and then go to bed. And when you wake up, you will be so hungry you won't even know what to do with yourself. It's because your body flipped into an anabolic state, and your leptin produced, and you are your metabolism is gonna be through the roof. Man, is that why sometimes when you eat like shit after drinking and you wake up in the morning, you're starving? Starving. <laughs> well, that's that could be a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, drinking's a little weird. Drinking's like empty calories. Yeah, I'm sure you heard that before, but yeah. um, yeah, like so even something like drinking, right? It dehydrates your body. Yeah, it sucks all the water out. So, like a lot of bodybuilders, um, there's stories of these famous bodybuilders. Um, the night before the Olympia, they'd go out and they'd take like six shots of tequila. Dude, I was just watching. I think it's called Generation Iron. It might be. I was, I was in Generation Iron. Were you really? No. So get this shit. So for my 21st birthday, um, I went to Vegas for the Olympia. Right. Uh huh. And at that time, I was bodybuilding. I was like 250, 8% body fat. Like I was jacked, right? Yeah, you definitely so, were. Yeah, so I was I was all into the bodybuilding before sports performance and all this. So my my mom and dad bought me tickets, and we go out there, and um, we're in line for this generate or um, for the Olympia, and I see someone walking down with a camera. So. I stop him. He's panning me and like the crowd, you know, in line. And I said, Hey, what is this? And he's like, Oh, it's uh, this new movie called generation iron. And I'm like, yo, no shit. So they, they stay filming. We go to the show and then like um, this movie comes out and the line is there. Right. So they cut out right before we are shown in this. But when we went online afterwards, um, they were doing an interview for the Olympia and we were standing in the background from the generation iron booth. So it, it's pretty sweet. Yo, how much different is training for an event like anything powerlifting wise and then training an athlete? I'm sure it's a completely different regimen that you give them. Completely different. So um, there's all different phases of training and there's all different um, types of speed and strength so like when when i'm analyzing an athlete um or just a, a regular person right so let's look at an athlete versus a power lifter an athlete one of the things i look for is called start strength start strength is how quickly you can take off what how much how much acceleration do you have but how much power do you have behind it right so you see someone uh they go to make like a, a run forward and it takes them a second and then they get going Typical acceleration, right? Uh-huh. It's the same thing when you're a power lifter. If, if you go to lift, um, you know, a, a 750-pound uh, squat, how much start strength do you have to get out of the hole? Um, so there's certain variables that you're looking for, but the training programming behind that is wild. Um, I took a class in my master's. It was literally programming for sport. Um, that's when you get into, if you're good at what you do, you can look at, you know, microcycles, which would just be, it could be a day phase to a week phase. Mesocycles could be certain, certain, uh, weeks of training and phases within, you know, a month or a week or whatever. And then you got macro cycles, which are planned out for a year, two years, four years for the Olympics. I mean, you can get crazy with it. 
Last couple things as we wind down here, because I know you got a you got a busy schedule as well, and I appreciate you joining us. Um, I feel like I I got to touch on like just like performance enhancing drugs, steroids, and whatnot. Yeah. How do you? Are they entirely like I know steroids are bad, right? But like PEDs, you often hear stories of these athletes that get caught with PEDs. It's like, yo, man, I just wanted to get back on the field quicker. Yeah. It's not so much like I want to improve my speed or whatever. It's like it's an it might be a cream or it might be something to, you know, instead of it being a six week recovery, it's a three week recovery. How how what's the what's like the narrative or is it a false narrative on like steroids and PEDs in sports? So PEDs in sports are everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, and I saw that just from training a lot of professional athletes. Um, you know, I remember a kid. um went to Alabama and um, I won't mention names and stuff, but he went, uh, he went for track and um, his first day on campus, guys were talking about, you know, you got to take this shit to, to kind of get to, to where you're at. That's his first day on campus, you know, at Alabama. Like these are places that test and and have all these, these sanctions and all this. It's everywhere. Yeah. I had NFL players talking to me about how their boys passed their piss test, you know, paying off people to pee in cups. And, and if you think that, like, I use this all the time and people are like, yo, you're fucking nuts. If you don't think Roger Federer has ever in his life taken a performance enhancing drug, and I'm talking, it could be even abusing, uh xanax to get sleep right they are using something okay and i hear this all the time and people are like no that's false are you nuts these people okay go run 10 miles first off i bet you can't but for the next week you're not going to be able to walk yeah these guys are playing marathon sports that are so hard on their body all day every day if you don't think they are taking something the ultimate, you know, um, test a test of that is: Have you ever heard the um, Arian Foster on Joe Rogan's podcast? Have you I ever have, yeah. And he talks about how when he got his chance, the first play he broke his collarbone, and he couldn't say shit to anyone because he knew that he would if lose his he, opportunity. He would lose his opportunity, and he yeah. had to feed his family. So he was crawling to the bathroom at night to go pee, couldn't move, was abusing pain pills. Over and over and over, getting concussed, taking shit, everyone in the locker room, right? And then the day he signs his contract, oh, yo, I need, I need surgery. If you don't think these dudes are doing anything they can to be the best in the world, look at Lance Armstrong. I mean, it is everywhere. I mean, you're looking at Peyton Manning. People want to say, oh, Peyton never took the steroids. You think his wife was taking steroids? No, you dildos. He was sending it through him to her. Like, he had five fucking neck surgeries. Yeah, he's taking shit. Andy Pettit took some steroids to get back on the fucking field. It happens. Well, well, you were talking about the Xanax thing before, and, like, it wasn't Xanax, but it was Adderall, all those Seahawks players oh, with yeah. the Legion of Boom, right? Yeah, they were- so, like, so I, I took this class in college, and one of my professors, his name is Todd Backus, one of the smartest guys I've ever met. He studied at Ohio State, and he posed this question in class once, and I'll, I'll never forget it. People didn't leave the class. Like it was a 50 minute class. Like people stayed an hour and 45 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And we were screaming at each other. It was like a fucking debate. And this dude sat in the middle of the class just giggling because he knew he was about to start this war and he did. 
So basically, he talked about if you are in the Olympics, right? Uh-huh. And I live in South Africa. You live in uh, Colorado, right? Uh-huh. We have different elevation trainings right there. Oh, yeah. The your body is going to adapt differently. Right. Is that illegal? It's a performance enhancing. You, you can call it a drug. It's not a drug, but that's a performance enhancing material. Yep. You are changing your body. So if someone doesn't have access to that, how can you compete against that person? It's the same thing as like Serena Williams, right? So he posed this question, like if you tested Serena Williams' natural testosterone, she has way more testosterone than probably 99% of the girls that are playing women's tennis. Well, should she be competing against guys that have the same amount of testosterone? I don't know. That well, No one knows, yeah. but these are things that like people talk about PEDs. It's not just – shooting testosterone in your butt like there's a lot of things like abusing pain pills and and i mean they had that huge investigation with the nfl all those players were saying they were hooked on pain meds because the doctors were feeding them to them yeah and you know what you see it more so in the nfl and one of the reasons why is because they're like arian foster right this was a guy that wasn't drafted he was an undrafted free agent rookie and the money's not guaranteed so a guy who's uh, fifth round pick he plays linebacker and he makes the team right and you know he's filling in for Luke Keekley who he knows the moment Luke Keekley comes back from his injury he's oh. going to be off the field so what does he do when he does have a pulled hamstring or he does have a concussion he tries to get his ass back on the field yeah. and like with the Legion of Boom man all you know uh, Richard Sherman uh, that Pete Carroll era like a couple yeah. years ago when they really took off Oh, yeah. A lot of those guys got busted for Adderall, and that's a performance-enhancing drug. I mean, you you got to look at like, look at cycling with Lance Armstrong, right? He changed that. EPO became the thing. Um, and then you're looking at like guys. I've seen guys in NASCAR, Formula One, get suspended for taking steroids. Like th- this is cross sports. Like it is everywhere. Do you know do you know much about EPOs and I, I feel like this is a good a good chance to stop because you know we we talk about MMA on the show also yeah. and you know a little full circle I came up to see you up in Rochester to go watch yeah. the UFC uh TJ Dillashaw recently Yeah EPO yeah So, so what, what is EPO I have no idea I just heard that it's a it's a PED and like it's he got so suspended EPO is um it's called erythropoietin okay I'm so, so glad you tried to pronounce that and not me so I know. It, I fuck it up all the time. Erythropoietin. <laughs> um, it basically, what they were doing was taking new blood and changing out their blood after cycle rides, right? Uh-huh. So what they were doing is putting oxygenated blood into their bodies. So if you can imagine when you go on a run or you're doing an endurance event, the more oxygen you can um, utilize in your body the longer duration you can go. So Lance Armstrong to this day um, has the highest VO2 max threshold out of any professional athlete or human in the world. I think it was like 84. Like if you were to go take a, a VO2 max right now, I think the average for, don't quote me on this, but the average for like a male is like a 45. So almost doubled. Dude, just could fucking run circles around you, right? Well, they're changing out their blood so they can utilize this new oxygen in their blood. It's it's insane. 
Yeah. Like it's a, it's a huge process. And these dudes do that. Like they take blood out and put new blood in and they sit around and the whole team does it because they want to win a, a bike race. I mean, dude, that documentary, another good one, Icarus. Icarus was sick. Oh man. Poor like, guy. He, was, he can't, he's probably, he's definitely not in Russia anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell no. But that just shows you like, Nick, you can, you can find a chemist that can figure out half-lives to chemicals and it'll be in and out of your body. Like it's dude, people that never get caught. Okay. Like that's cool. But just cause they didn't get caught doesn't mean they weren't doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. And, and I, I feel like the sometimes with like certain baseball players, you see them, you know, they, they hit 20, 25 home runs every year. And then out of nowhere, they're hitting 50. It's like, all right, that's a little sketchy, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, when you see jumps, I mean, obviously the most notorious ever is Barry Bonds. But, um, like, there's guys that have gotten caught for taking steroids, and they look like twigs. And the only reason they're taking those steroids in baseball is to maintain 162 games. Yeah, that's the thing about the, you know, they want to be available. They want to be back out on the field. Yeah, they want to play and make money. I mean, it's their living, right? Yeah. You know, uh, last thing, and we'll end with this. The thing you mentioned about Colorado and your example, you know, one of the things with me with uh, sports betting and just, you know, playing daily fantasy and whatnot and fantasy football, it's it's coming up that season now. Uh, the Denver Broncos in particular, because of that high altitude, man, they have the highest winning percentage at home in the month of September of any professional um, football team. And one of the That's reasons why right. is because these teams are coming from – you got to remember – September is the first month of the regular season. So a lot of these teams are playing in the preseason and the starters aren't playing much. Nah. Right? Imagine you're going into mile high week one, right? Let's look at the Seahawks last year. The Seahawks lost outright that game and they were a favorite on the road. And one of the things that happens is a team like Seattle, Russell Wilson and them boys, they they didn't play for about two and a half weeks. And then all of a sudden you got to go out there and play an NFL regular season game, which one of the reasons why I think the NFL is so successful is because it is a small sample size of games and every game is meaningful where, you know, one loss is equivalent to about, I think it's like 10.2 baseball games. That's crazy. So that's what happens with the high altitude. You go from not playing a full game to now you're out there and that's why they take advantage. So that's something to monitor folks, just like the history going forward. Look for the Broncos when they're playing at home, just in general in the month of September. They have a tremendous record because it's it's an adjustment to that high altitude. Well, I'm far too familiar with that because Tim Tebow shoved his fucking holy dick down my Steelers' throat, <laughs> and I am still so upset about that game. That guy that- can't throw and threw the the most perfect spiral <laughs> Bro, slant route ever. And I just had to watch what was it, 88, just dart. Oh, DT, man. DT. Uh, sad, sad day in my life. My guy, it was a pleasure. We've been planning this podcast for a long time. I cannot thank Absolutely. you enough. Uh, Thanks for having me on, brother. One of, one, of the good, one of the good brothers out there, folks. Nick, Leonidas, where can they find you if they want to contact you? Uh, is there anything you're working on? Is there any way they can find you? Do you even? I don't even know this, folks. Do you like do <laughs> programs and shit online? Like, tell us. Yeah. The floor is yours. So, um, like I, I do it, um, I'm kind of building a website right now. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's something that, you know, we talked about earlier, like people on Instagram and stuff, right. there's all like fake people. 
Um, and honestly, I know like making money is cool and all that, but I just want to like be able to help people and, and give them knowledge that it's real. Um, so I'm kind of working on a website um, and this training program that I developed, um, you know, I've never seen it anywhere. And it's something that I've been testing out with um, a lot of my athletes and, you know, I, I won't get into depth of what that is, but um, you know, I'm working on that in these programs that I do provide people have that programming um, in this, in this, you know, this program you could buy. So I make like four week, eight week or 12 week programs. And I also do nutrition. Um, honestly, the best way to get a hold of me right now is uh, on Instagram. It's, it's Nikki treats. Um, N I C K Y T R E A T Z. Not an S. Um, and then you can always email me. Uh, my personal email is N M A N C 23 at gmail.com. Um, but if people, you know, want to reach out, I'll give you my, my cell number and we could just link up and talk about your goals and all that and uh, see what I could do for you. Yeah, everything, guys, to get in touch with uh, Leonidas, as we'll be calling him on this podcast. It'll be in the description of the show. Uh, last question as we sign off. This yeah. might be the most important question I'm going to ask you. Um, as Still far as tremendous football. athletes, where do I rank on that list? Zero, last. Wow. Wow, you, you hear this, folks? Nah, yeah. you, you are you are <laughs> exceptionally good at being athletic. <laughs> uh, we'll take that as a compliment when we can get them. Guys, thank you for listening. It's at Veterans Minimum on social media, and we'll catch you guys later this and, week. And one, one more thing before we sign off. Any strength coaches that want to connect and stuff, feel free to reach out if you just want to talk shop and all that. I, I love doing that as well. There you go, from the man himself. Thanks again, brother, and we'll yep. – uh, hear from you guys later this week.